Welcome to Beyond the Bridge with psychic medium and animal communicator, Samantha Jones. We are glad you are here and hope you enjoy the next hour where Samantha and her guest will help connect you to the magic of the universe, as well as to your loved ones and pets, both here and beyond the bridge. And now, Samantha Jones. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. I am your host, Samantha Jones, and I am so glad that you are here today. I hope that everyone had a safe and happy holiday. There's a lot of crazy weather going on, especially in the United States and and air travel and everything. So I hope that any of you that have been affected by that are are doing okay and doing your best through that all. Uh, I have a very exciting guest for you today. I've been so excited about this all week. So I'm excited to introduce to you today, Joelle. Um, Joelle and her dog, Bastion, he is considered a talking terrier. This is a different kind of talking than what I do. You know, what I do is more animal communication and that's telepathic, but this is totally, totally different. But before we get into all of that, let's welcome Joelle to the show today. How are you today, Joelle? Hi, thank you so much for having us today. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so, so excited. So let me give a little bit of background on Joelle real fast for all of our listeners, if you're not familiar with her and Bastion. So in 2018, Joelle and her husband rescued a scruffy little terrier named Bastion in the aftermath of Hurricane Florence. From the start, Bastion was so smart and communicative in other ways that Joelle wanted to understand his needs on a deeper level. In October, of 2019, Joelle read about how Christina Hunger, a speech language, speech language pathologist, taught her dog Stella to use talk buttons called augmentative and alternative communication devices, or AAC. A few months later, Joelle began working with a company called Fluent Pet and the, the University of California at San Diego in their public study of pet parents teaching their dogs to use these AAC devices. Now, over two years later, Bastion has access to over 75 words and uses 30 of them consistently. He is also very, very popular on Instagram. He has over 100,000 followers where Joelle shares some really cool videos of Bastion. So I have to tell you, Joelle, that the first time that I saw this, I was captivated by it. I wanted to teach my dog how to do it, but At the same time, I was like, oh, is this a good idea? You know, like, am I opening a can of worms here that I don't know what I'm opening? So I would love it if you would tell our our guests a little bit about like how you got started with this, like, you know, how you taught him one button and and those kinds of things. So they know a little bit better about how this works. Absolutely. Um, So actually, when I saw Christina Hunger doing this, I, I because she was a speech language pathologist, I actually thought it was something that was inaccessible to me, even though I work in special education. And it wasn't until Alexis Devine started doing it with her dog, Bunny, and Alexis is an artist, that it became um, more accessible to me. And the, bunny, uh, the, the video of Bunny that really changed my, um, my take on it was actually where Bunny had a uh, something stuck in her paw something foreign stuck in her paw and said like paw ouch or something like that and I realized that this communication could be so much more specific and beyond what we already know I think that anyone that has a pet a dog or a cat or anything um, knows when their dog is hungry knows when their dog wants to go outside Um, but it's kind of about building upon that relationship and that 
communication that you already have with your animal and giving them the ability to be more specific. And um, we started pretty early. We started, I think it was June 2020. And um, we started with the treat button, which is kind of a faux pas. Uh, (laughs) Now it's encouraged to start with more like inside, I'm sorry, outside walk, uh, play, things that are a little bit more intrinsically motivating than perhaps uh, reinforcing with food um, so that the dogs don't think that every button means food. But Bastion picked up on it pretty quickly. And from there, we uh, started adding buttons faster than I ever imagined that we would have. Wow. So when you try, when you teach a dog a button-like treat, can you explain how you, how you would go about doing that? So Bastion already knew the command paw where you put your hand out flat and then you'd say Paul and he would place his hands on my hands. And so what I actually did was I put my hands over the button and I would say paw and get him to put his hands on my hands and I'd pull my hand away. So he would touch the button and I would reward him for that. And he would get a treat because that's what we started with. Um, but ultimately we built up to only with the activation, would he actually get the reward? And from there we started introducing other buttons, but he actually picked up on the concept pretty quickly uh, especially we'd get them all hyped up and excited. So he it would naturally hit the buttons a little bit more aggressively than if he was just calm and doing the paw trick. That is really good way. I didn't even think about that. That is a great way to teach that. Very, very. A bunch that I, so one of our friends actually used a, a feather teaser with their cat. And when the cat would accidentally hit the button, she would reinforce it also. So there's different uh, methodologies out there. This is still so new that I think that there's no one right way and whatever works for your pet works. Definitely, definitely. I was telling you a little bit earlier about how I I had come across Bunny. I actually reached out to Alexis and she's who gave me your information. I was so grateful for that. I I know she's probably got a lot going on because they also do studies and stuff like that too. But um, the difference between like the videos that I've watched of Bastion and Bunny is Bastion is very, he's excited. He's like, I want to get on these buttons. I want to jump on them. I'm excited. And Bunny processes. It's very interesting to watch the way she processes. Do you notice that at all with Bastion though, that that he'll stand there like Bunny does for a minute and like think it through? Sometimes he does. Um, It it seems with some of the lower frequency words, he takes more time to think about his response. Uh, Whereas the buttons he's hitting all the time, the food buttons, the walk, the outside, uh, those he gets kind of he just gets on them right away just because he's so used to them. He, I think the motor memory is right there. He just knows where to grab them and he doesn't even think about what he's saying. Yes. Very smart. So like if you are just sitting on the couch and he wants to go for a walk, will he just walk up to his button and push the walk button? Yes. And then on the flip side, if you say to him something like, how are you feeling? Will he go and express himself through those buttons like that? Um, generally Bastion uses the words to talk about, uh, requests Uh. more so than talking about his feelings. But coincidentally, uh, this morning he was whining and I didn't know why. So I went over and hit why concerned and he hit concerned walk and we went outside and he actually got a little sick. I think we went to visit a, a couple of cats yesterday and he ate more cat treats than he's used to. Oh, that see, that is so smart. It's so smart. I, I love the way that they think about those things. So something that we're going to do um, towards the end of the episode is I'm going to do a reading on Bastion and we're going to do a little experiment. And I don't know if this is going to work. That's why it's called an experiment. But I'm going to telepathically um, 
give him a command to do or tell him something and see if he'll go over to his buttons and do that. So I'm excited to do that and do the reading for him. But let's let's talk more about this because because I'm fascinated. <laughs> uh, so what are his favorite words? Uh, he loves his food words and he loves his um, actionable words. So a lot of times he'll hit treat, hungry, fridge. Um, he, he loves his yes button. Yes is basically the new want. He always mm-hmm. starts his requests with yes, treat, yes, walk, yes, boat. Um, but most of the requests have to do with food, going for walks, hikes, or during the summer going um, on the boat. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of those videos on, on Joelle and Bastion's Instagram, too, of the different things that he does. So you guys should check those out. They are way too cute. <laughs> what about like the hardest words for him to learn? What what were some of those or have been those? Um. It's interesting to see. I'm, I'm not sure if it's so much the hardest words or the low frequency words, because he doesn't use his play words very often. Um, like his his favorite toy is a platypus, and mm-hmm. he is obsessed with it. And I think because he always has access to it, there's absolutely no reason for him to go over and touch the button because he could just bring it to me. Uh, so, and I, I don't believe in withholding anything from him. So he's always going to have access to food and water and his toys, um, but he just chooses not to talk about them. One of the trickiest to teach, though, is probably hike because it involved multiple parts. A hike for us means getting in a car, driving to a location, and then then going for a big walk. And so we would frequently um, bring the button with us initially when we were on the hike and model it while we were actually out walking around, which we probably looked crazy if anyone was passing us, but that's fine. <laughs> that's very that's smart. That's also how yeah. we modeled potty. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. The potty button on a walk. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, really, how else are you going to do it? If they don't have any other way to express that to you, then why not? Who cares what people think? You know, I mean, hey, if I saw that, I'd be like, what are you doing? Tell me, share with me, teach me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I I had you send me a picture of the board that you use. Um, so can you explain the board a little bit? Because a lot of our listeners might have no idea what this is. So Fluent Pet actually designed the, uh, the hex tiles, which are just like little tiles that are interlocking and it holds uh, six buttons per board and it's built using something called the Fitzgerald key which is an old scientific way of arranging words in such a way that um, the verbs are on one tile the nouns are on a tile and it takes uh, keeps in mind sentence structure so that animals or people whoever's using this would naturally move from left to right using the board so we kind of kept that in mind when setting up Bastion's buttons and um, the board has since expanded past the original four, five tiles that we thought we were going to use. Mm-hmm. Now we have closer to 13, but we still have them grouped together. So all the food words are on one tile. Uh, the yes, no, more, later, okay, all done are on one tile. And like nouns and um, adjectives and things like that are all grouped together so that he can find them more easily. And I can find them more easily. Yeah, for you too, because I'm sure that that can get very confusing for you as well, you know, yeah. for the humans involved. What happens if you like remove a button or or rearrange the board on him? Um, he's gotten confused. There was a time recently where we uh, had to remove a button because it broke and Bastion went over and was hitting the buy button uh, oh. as if to acknowledge the button was missing. Uh, and there's been times where we used to travel with the board back and forth to the cabin. We've since gotten a second board that we leave at the cabin, but initially uh, sometimes the tiles would accidentally get set up differently and he would still somehow manage to find the correct button on the tile. Smart. 
smart. Because I wonder too, like if they are visualizing, you know, on the buttons, you have words on the button, correct? Yeah, there's a chance that there's the iconography like looks specific to them. So I I know that he can't read, but uh, over the summer, his yes button broke while we were traveling in California. And so I took the deer button because I was like, we're not going to see any deer here. He's not going to use this. And I put it where the yes button would go. Uh-huh. And it took him a couple of days of modeling it for him to actually start using it again. He he was he had some aversion to, I guess, the new font on it. And he wasn't going to touch it. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm sure that it throws them off because, yeah, they're also looking at that as well. You know, I, I, like you said, they can't read, but they can look at it and say that looks different for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think like one of the questions that people might ask is why do this instead of just learning your dog's body language? Um, I don't think it's an either or it's a both. Uh, I don't think it's a a substitute at all for learning your dog's body language. In fact, you're not going to be a very effective teacher if you don't already understand your dog because you're going to make mistakes and your dog's going to make mistakes and you can't reinforce and model the words if you don't already understand what your dog's looking for in the first place. Um, One of the incidents we had a couple of times early on was that our outside and walk buttons were next to each other and Bastion would frequently hit walk and then go to the back door to go outside in the yard and so only because I knew what he was actually looking for was able to model and reinforce and say okay you're looking to go outside not for a walk and practice there Um, yes yeah but I, I definitely don't think it's a substitute at all for learning who your dog really is before you do this I totally agree with you. And there's a lot of people that don't notice that their animals do communicate so much with body language. I have a great Dane who we taught from, you know, the time he came home, I used my animal communication abilities, but also started really reading his body language. And I really believe all dogs and cats even will do this, that they will take you to what they need. They will show you, they, you know, they were very smart with their body language. But like you said, this is just another way. This is just another extra way of getting to know your dog, you know, so cool. Mm -hmm. So cool. Um, And you have a cat too. Yes. Yes. And does your cat use the buttons? Um, Not usually. (laughs) There's been a couple of times she's used them. Uh, I tried to get her to use them initially. We did some practicing, uh, but she just doesn't seem to be that interested. She's going to be 17 next month. And maybe earlier this year, we actually moved Bastion's bed next to the buttons. And she decided that that was now her bed. Uh And through her watching myself and Bastion repeatedly modeling the buttons, she did pick up a few and she will occasionally um, hit them on, but it's very few and far in between. That's really cool though, that she even picks up on that just by watching a little bit, you know? Um, Do you have any buttons like where he can signal to you something about the cat, like where he can say the cat's name and then something else? Yes, he has, um, he has, a Hallie and a Kylie button. Hallie's Kylie's sister that passed away in April, 2021. And he has a Kylie button and he's used both of them. Um, I actually, we're trying to figure out when to remove the Hallie button, but because he still occasionally uses it, we haven't taken it Mm -hmm. away, but um, he frequently will still hit Kylie and say, Kylie hungry, Kylie food. And then we'll say, is Kylie hungry? And he'll say yes. Uh, So he does advocate for her on, on some occasions. That's interesting. That's that's really cool. There was actually one dog, you might know who I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of the dog, but I believe it's an Australian Shepherd. And this was one that really captivated me where 
the other dog had his own water dish and the water dish was empty and the lady didn't know. And so the dog told her with the buttons that the other dog needed water. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. That's empathetic right there. You know, you want to make sure that the other one is okay. I I think you're talking about Mila uh, and Shotzi. Sounds familiar. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's Mila. And I I remember Mila is actually a great advocate for Shotzi also. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I just love the way that they work together on these types of things. So I have a million and one more questions for you (laughs) here, Um, but we're going to take a break in a minute. First, I want to let our our listeners know that if you would like to call in and ask Joelle any questions about Bastion, about what she does or anything like that, we will be taking callers in the second part of the show. That number is 888-346-9141. And like I said, you can call that um, during the upcoming break or after if you have any questions for Joelle about the button use. And Joelle, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and Bastion? Um, sure. We're on pretty much all forms of social media under the um, the name at Bastion, B-A-S-T-I-A-N and A-N-D, Bruce, B-R-E-W-S. And you can also just search Bastion the Talking Terrier and he'll pop up. Awesome. Awesome. And then for me, if you would like to find me, I am at Samantha Jones, psychicmedium.com. You can schedule an appointment there, get more information about me. I also have another podcast with my husband called Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses that you can find there. Um, so yeah, that is where you can find the two of us. And we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will talk more with Joelle and Bastion. Be right back, everyone. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Have you ever suffered grief from the loss of a loved one or pet? Do you ask yourself questions like where did they go and what are they doing? Do you have guilt for things left unsaid or feel the need for answers about the loss you never received? Join Samantha Jones, psychic medium and animal communicator, every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where her and her guest will discuss all things beyond the bridge. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today with Joelle Andrus and her dog, Bastion, the talking terrier. And we've been talking a little bit about uh, the buttons, the talking buttons, how they work, how she got started using them with Bastion. And this is so fascinating. Fascinating. I love this. Um, we were talking about your your cat. And one question that I have is, uh, do other animals besides cats and dogs use these buttons? Because I personally haven't seen any other ones. Yes, uh, there's actually, it's becoming more and more prominent among other communities. Um, there's a couple of horses that are using them. In fact, we re-gifted all of our old buttons to um, Lily Ludwig. I'm not sure if you, you know her. And there's Norma the cow that's using buttons. Oh, and funny. one of my favorites now is button pigs, which are little guinea pigs that are using them too. So I think button pigs are the smallest animals that I know that are using them right now, but I'm seeing everything from like real pigs to everything under the sun. Everyone's trying to get their animals to use them. Bunnies. Wow. That is really cool. Like if you think about this, like this is just getting started. What's this going to be like in 10 years? If people keep doing this, it's like everybody's animals are going to talk. It's going to be awesome. I, yeah, I think everyone's going to have buttons in their house. <laughs> yeah, totally. I actually started, um, I got the, a couple of buttons for my dogs and I programmed um, their names in them. And I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? Because this was, this was during COVID. Like I just saw this on TikTok during COVID. That's how it all started my fascination with this. And so I programmed in one of the buttons, Zuma, my great Dane. And I did tell him telepathically how to hit the button and he did it. He did. He hit the button. But then I started thinking about, you know, what happens when he gets to know all these buttons and how is he going to drive me crazy? <laughs> Are there ever times where you're like, I wish I wouldn't have done this, like where Bastion just won't stop? Um, not really. I, I kind of love it. It gives us time to together and he doesn't really abuse it. Um, we've also had moments where like, sometimes he will spam the treat button, but I do something called the diminishing reward. And so the first time he might get something really good. And then the second time he gets something that's a little bit less desirable. And eventually he's working his way backwards to, uh, kibble and carrots and he stops hitting the button because he's no longer impressed with what he's getting. You're very, very knowledgeable on all of this stuff. Um, and, and to me, if I didn't know, you know, that what you do for work, I would wonder if you were a dog trainer, did you go through any kind of like training course for this? <laughs> no. no, we started, um, <laughs> yeah, when we started, it was all just trial and error. And honestly, I think that to some extent, it's still trial and error. We're, we're starting to learn that some of the initial tips that everyone was sharing back in 2020 and early 2021 are no longer relevant. Um, at one point, people said that it's best to start with one button. And now the, the um, advice is actually to start with two or three buttons. And, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's just what works for you. And it's going to be some time until we can figure out best practices. Yes, that absolutely makes sense. Do you have any advice like on what buttons for people to start with, or should they just start with whatever their animals are like drawn to? Like if they love treats, do treats or, or what's your suggestion with that? Um, I still don't think it's great to start off with a treat button. That, that was our mistake. I, you know, initially, um, 
think about what's rewarding for your animals. I'm sure there's words that you need to spell in front of them all the time, like walking and outside or their, their dog friend's name or the park. Um, start with those words that are already rewarding for them. And then you can always add treat or food words in after, but you don't want it to be like an associative learned um, idea that all of the buttons mean food. And so it's better to introduce that a little bit later on down the road. That makes a lot of sense. That's very, very good advice. What about purchasing the board? Where do you get such a thing and and that? Um, so Fluent Pet makes the one that we use and uh, you can get it on their website or if you go on uh, social media, they have a bunch of affiliates. We're an affiliate also. And what that means is that we have our own links that generate um, a small bit of income for us, but uh, we also get to offer sales occasionally. So if it's a promo uh, time, like right now we're offering free edge pieces with the purchase of the board. And if you find an affiliate, then you'd be able to get that discount also. Otherwise, if you just go through their website, um, you can purchase the same tiles, but you're not going to get the discounted rate. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you let us know that you do that. I'm going to check it out myself, actually. Um, What about like for people that maybe have gone out and they've bought this stuff and their dogs or cats just don't seem interested. Are there ways that you can help to, you know, encourage your animals more or, or tips that you have on that? Um, absolutely. I think that some animals just take a little bit longer and it's, it's a, it's a big time investment. It's not hard. People always ask if it's hard and it's, it's hundred percent not hard, but it's a major, uh, investment in time because you need to be as dedicated and spending time modeling as, as you want the animals to do. And so what I find too, is that if I ever stop modeling myself, that's when Bastion really slows down. And then that's when I'm only seeing the treat requests, the walk requests. He goes back to the basics that I didn't need buttons for in the first place. It's when I'm spending time to model the other words that he begins communicating with them again. Um, but there's a lot of people, there's a message boards, how they can talk is a great message board and community, uh, talking, talking buttons, uh, talk to the toe beans. There's a bunch of different pages out there that are, um, built on giving this kind of advice and helping people through these challenging parts. And certain people, um, also do like calls to give advice. I've given people some calls, uh, to help them through these times and Shell and Lexi Husky do consultation calls too. So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of help out there. You just need to be able to find it. That's great. And that's good advice too, that, you know, nothing comes easy. Like we can't just expect that, you know, it's going to take one day to train our dogs on these buttons. It takes time and patience and consistency. Like you said, you have to have to work on it, have to continue to go back to it for them to be interested as well, just like anything else, you know? Um, What about like the age and breed of dogs? Is there like, a breed that's better with this or, or, you know, can any dog of any age or breed do this? So far, I haven't found any limitations. We have, I, I know Bunny started when she was a baby. She, think, I think she got the buttons when she was eight weeks old. We started um, on Bastion's second birthday and uh, Shell and Lexi Husky, I think Shell or uh, Lexi was seven when she started. Um, Zodiac is another mutt that started at nine. Uh, Billy the cat is 14. So there's, as far as I know, there's no real age restriction. It's again, just down to how much time and dedication the human has. Right. Absolutely. Makes a lot of sense. Um, What about if you have multiple pets, should you train like one at a time or train them at the same time? I don't know if there's a right answer to that. I think that <laughs> so right now I visited um, the Daily Steve B, who's a cat 
yes, uh, yesterday we visited him and there's 10 cats living in that house. And what they were saying is that Steve's the only one that uses the buttons in the household. And even though Steve's the only one using the buttons, all the other cats come when he hits the buttons. So it's almost like Steve speaks on behalf of everyone else. So when Steve hits the the trade button, all the cats come for the treat. They all want the reward. Uh, And it seems like that happens a lot in multi-learner households, that like one becomes the predominant learner and the other one kind of falls back a little bit. Uh, Bunny and Otter seem to be different in that way. They have two separate boards. Otter has his own and Bunny has his own. So I don't know if it's something that every learner should have their own buttons, if certain learners are open to sharing the button board or, yeah, I think that, again, it's still so new and we don't have a very big pool to draw any conclusions from that. Yeah, absolutely. That's very true. What about when you decide that you want to add another word, a new word? How do you go about doing that? Um, I usually have Bastion near me when I'm recording it and then I model it. So the most recent word that we have is belly. And it was when belly, uh, Bastion had a belly ache and he had, his belly was making big sounds. Um, I knew he was going to be sick. And so I modeled belly ouch, belly sounds, and I touched his belly and uh, belly scritches. And, you know, he still hasn't used it independently um, more than I think two or three times. So it's going to take some more time to model it as well. Interesting. And what about teaching emotions? Like, how do you go about teaching something like sad or I don't know what emotion buttons you have, but, you know, things like that. Um, You, again, have to go back to reading their own body language and seeing what's going on. Bastion gets upset by noises outside and he gets concerned. So when he's already in a state of concern, he's going to the door and he's whimpering. Um, I'll use that as an opportunity to model. Obviously I would never stage a situation that would make him upset or or worried, but if he's already in that state, I try to give it a label. So this way uh, he understands. We introduced the sad button when um, Hallie passed away and I was modeling mom, sad, dad, sad. And yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, did he show you any signs of grief through those buttons after she passed away? Um, He asked where she was a few times uh, and that was, a little uncomfortable. Hallie never traveled well, so she never came up to the cabin. And it was interesting because when we got back, she had passed away in April and he kept asking where she was. And then we went away for July and August and came back at the end of August and he asked where she was again. And it was almost like he forgot that she wasn't there uh, when we got back to the house where she would have normally been. And he began asking for her all over again. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. And how you you can't really like say that through the buttons. Like, how do you say that? You know, Uh, that's yeah, a tough one. Hallie by Hallie all done. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of, it was hard because you're l- using limited words. Yes. And that's a, when I, I'm going to talk to Bastion. I'm going to do a reading on him after the next break. We'll do that. Um, and that's one thing, if you don't mind that I'll tell him, I'll explain to him what happened so that he can put closure on that. Because that's like at all of these different ways of communicating with animals, like, first of all, it's amazing that we can do this at all. Like a lot of people think that animals aren't smart, that they don't have feelings and all of that. But we're showing you today that the buttons work, that reading body language works and that animal communication works. Now using all of those three things together. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine how much we could actually talk with our animals? We would know everything, everything. Yeah. (laughs) And they're so, they're so smart to begin with, you know? Um, I'm curious. And, and I didn't, tell you this ahead of time that I was going to ask this because I just came to my mind, but I was just curious if you have any interesting stories about 
things that Bastion has done with his buttons or the things that stand out to you along the way that surprised you? Oh, gosh. I have a few instances, but now I have to think of one um, off the top of my head. There's been a couple of times where I've been on calls and he's told me to be quiet. I've learned that he really <laughs> has, he has very strong musical preferences. And um, if my husband's playing some bands, like uh, he doesn't like grunge, he'll say quiet. <laughs> and he's actually gone in and changed the music on him because he has a, a button that activates our um, Alexa and plays music. Um there's been times where he's observed uh, animals outside and just narrated that. <laughs> and there was an instance more recently where um, he asked to go on the boat and I told him not until uh, my husband woke up and then you could hear the footsteps upstairs and he went over uh, and said, bed all done. And he was like narrating that my husband was awake. <laughs> it's like, now it's eight in the morning. And he's like, right, all right, let's go on the boat. <laughs> you know, oh, my husband's like, doesn't move that fast. So it was going to be at least another hour. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, because they get impatient. They don't understand. They're like, kids are like, okay, he's up. You said when he's yeah. up, now he's up. Oh, how adorable. And we gave, we gave him an ouch button. And I was hoping for that moment where, you know, like Bunny had the foxtail in, in her pod and that he was going to be able to articulate this. But so far, he's only used it to tell me he's hungry and he's like, ouch, hungry. Oh, <laughs> ouch, yeah. Ouch, my stomach hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Has he signaled to you? Like, I know you said this morning that he wanted to go out because he was going to throw up. But has he signaled to you like illness before with the buttons? Uh, not off the top of my head. He said um, when Hallie was the day before Hallie passed away, he said concerned walk because um, she was having trouble walking. Oh. He's he's expressed concern about other animals, but not himself yet. That's that's interesting. And that shows you a lot about how animals are, that they are empathetic and that they a lot of times do worry so much about the other animals. You said something that fascinating to me a moment ago, and that's that you have a button that's connected to Alexa. Yes. How does that work? <laughs> um, he can play his own music. So it activates the, he has, um, I don't want to say it because it'll go off, but it's one, it's, it's an Alexa device that has a screen on it. And it's, um, if he hits the button, it'll play music for him. It says play doggy music and it plays like classical music for pets. And then he also has a video call button, but the, he doesn't really use the words if I'm not home. So what ends up happening is I'll be sitting in another room and I'll get a video call from him. <laughs> you know, I was hoping that I might get one at work or something, but no, he's just calling me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hysterical. I would love to teach my dogs how to use, well, maybe not how to use FaceTime. I can imagine I'm I'm out at work. I mean, outside and, you know, they message me, hey, where are you at with their big faces? How cute is that? Oh, I love it so much. Um, that's, oh my gosh, I just had another question. They keep coming to me so much because- <laughs> so fascinating to me. Like, um, obviously I'm a huge animal lover. I'm an animal communicator. I've worked with animals my entire life. So for me to have you on the show and to talk about this and share this with other people is awesome because I'm hoping that what'll happen is some of our listeners will go out and they'll get these boards and, and get them through Joelle's site so that, you know, she gets the credit for it for sure. And that they'll teach their animals how to do this as well, because not everybody can communicate with animals like I can, obviously. So this is a great way to, uh, to do that. So I just, I love it so much, so much. So we're going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to do the reading on Bastion and I'm really excited about this. And then also if there's anybody that has any questions for Joelle uh, about Bastion, about working with these these buttons, please feel free to give a call. That number is 888-346-9141.
Uh, and Joelle, just one more time for our listeners before we go to break, will you give them your Instagram and information again? Sure. It's Bastion and Bruise, B-A-S-T-I-A-N-A-N-D-B-R-E-W-S. And you can also just Google Bastion the Talking Terrier. Either one will bring up his Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of that. And then on your TikTok, I think you might have it on Instagram too. There's like a, a link tree, correct? Where you can yeah. link and it's, you've got, now what kind of stuff do you have listed there? I couldn't remember what you had there. Um, so we have um, our other social medias up there. We do have the button information. Um, we do have some merch and things there. Um, Kylie's stuff is there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Great, that's awesome that you have merch. I'm glad that, that we told our listeners that because you just yeah. never know. So, yeah. okay, let's take a quick break. We will come back and we will do a reading on Bastion and take any callers if there are any. And if you would like to find me in the meantime, Samantha Jones, Psychic Medium, Dot com is my website. We will be right back after this quick break. Thank you again for being here. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Life can be confusing at times. There can be uncertainty, disappointment, and an inability to clearly see where you're headed. But it doesn't have to be this way at all if you understand how to take the next step in your life. Tune in to Living the Miracle with your hosts, Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll help you to find the deeper meaning that awaits you in your life, have certainty in yourself, and learn to be clairvoyant. Listen Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Beyond the Bridge with Samantha Jones. Have a question for Samantha or her guests, or would you like a reading? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Samantha. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for being here today. Um, I have been talking with my guest, Joelle Andrus, and her talking terrier, Bastion. And you know what? I have a couple of questions before we get onto the reading, because I'm going to do a reading on Bastion. But I have a question about something that I, I actually have seen this on TikTok, where people teach their animals curse words using these buttons. What do you think <laughs> about that? 
I don't love it. Um, I see it as more of like a, like a, a quick trick and uh, like slapstick comedy. I don't really think that the dogs or animals know what they're hitting so much as, you know, they're just trying to get a laugh out of the video. So it's it's hard because, you know, we're, we're always trying to be respectful. This The AAC devices really came from um, human use and, and people that have cerebral palsy or communication disorders or physical disorders that really prevented them from being able to vocalize themselves using these devices. And working with the community, we changed it to um, an AIC uh, abbreviation just so that it wasn't getting like lost in the sauce and uh, people were able to still find access to those uh, videos and and articles and everything. And so we, we try to keep it as respectful as we can. And I feel like there's a very fine line between, you know, using this as a legitimate way to communicate with our pet and to... Um, get that information out there and then kind of using it to like make a joke and not to say that you can't yeah. find a, I don't know. I can't, I hate not to say you can't find a way to balance it, but there's definitely, I don't know. We, yeah. we, we would not be giving Bastion a, a curse word. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I felt the same way about it. I thought, okay, it's funny for a second, but then when you realize like what they're actually doing, it's like, they don't even know what they're doing. I have two Great Danes and I don't know if you know what schnuds are, but you like put them over their ears to keep their ears and stuff warm. Yeah. And when I first bought these and I was putting them on my big Great Dane, he seemed to totally love it. And then I had another animal communicator that told me that the only reason that he wore them is because he liked the way the attention that we gave him. And I think it's like that with these animals as well that are using these curse word buttons or even the birds that, you know, swear up and down that they love the attention that they're getting from it. You know, people are laughing. They, the animals like to make people laugh. They're empathetic creatures. So, so yeah, I totally agree. I don't think that that's, uh, for me, I wouldn't teach the swear word. I, I, I just can't imagine, like, you have all this potential to give your animal these words, and then you choose to give them curse words. Right. So I, it's, not, it's not my thing, yeah. but I do see where people find it funny. Um, but, yeah, I just, I feel like it's, like, separate in it, in its own a genre. Are there words that you have tried that just haven't worked and so you've like taken them out or said never mind? Um, I mean, we're probably close to that with some of the toy words. He doesn't really seem to care about them, but I still go back and try occasionally. He also doesn't use some of his word his names. But what I find interesting is that he pretty much never talks about the neighbor, um, Charlotte. But if I hit that Charlotte button, he freaks out. So he knows the word. He just doesn't use it himself. Um, So even this morning, I I hit the word and he ran to the door and he was waiting and whining uh, for his friend to come over. And and, but he will not touch it independently. That's So funny. What is what do other dogs do? Like you have other dogs that come over, like do they ignore the buttons or. Um, So we actually had. Yeah, they, what ends up happening is they'll come over and the, the other dogs that use the buttons will actually press the indip- individual buttons as if they're like listening and trying to understand what they are. Um, dogs that aren't familiar with buttons, they either just walk right across them like they're, they completely <laughs> ignore them or they step around them. Charlotte that's seems awesome. to step around them. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I love the other ones that come over, press the buttons to, to listen to them. That's so cool. They're like, what do these buttons say? Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. So let's do uh, Bastion's reading because I'm really curious to see what he has to say about all this, what he thinks about, about it all. And, and again, if you have any questions along the way, please ask. 
Um, but let's see. So first, the first thing that Bastion tells me, and he, he told me this earlier, I connected to him earlier, is that he had no idea that he was famous. He had no idea that there were so many people out there that watch his videos. He knows like that you have the camera. He, he sees that. He understands that. And he knows that you talk about him a lot and all that. But he, he's a dog. You know, so he never really understood just what was going on. And so I explained to him, I have your mommy on the show because I want to talk about how fascinating it is that you use these buttons. And so he's he's very excited about that. Um, You wanted to know about his early life. So he came to you when he was about what, like five, six months old. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. I feel like he did have a home. Was he just he was found during this uh, the hurricane? Yeah. Yeah. He did have a home. Um, but I don't feel like he was secured during this. So basically I think what happened is he was just left alone. He was, he got out, he was left alone, left to fend for himself during this, which unfortunately I'm sure is what happens to a lot of animals. Um, but I do feel like he had a home. He wasn't, um, like a stray or anything like that. Um, but if he would have stayed in that home, if this hurricane wouldn't have happened and you wouldn't have gotten him, obviously life would have been completely different. Like the life that he had before you, he doesn't like remember it so much. I can access his memories, but like, as far as what he thinks about, he doesn't think about that stuff because it was so long ago and he has such an amazing life now that he he really doesn't even think about that. But accessing the memories, um, you know, he obviously went through a lot there and he was very scared and he feels very, very fortunate to have the life that he has. And, you know, they don't always realize how lucky they are, of course, because, you know, again, they're dogs, but he does. He knows how lucky he is to have found you. And um, he loves the cat. And I, okay, wait, I want to explain to him about the other cat. Okay. So I think that this makes more sense for him now. Um, because I explained what was the other cat's name, the one that passed away? Hallie. Hallie. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, ex- I explained to him that she has passed away, that she wasn't like given away because a lot of times animals that are rescued, they worry about that. They've done something wrong. He knows he had, he didn't do anything wrong. He knows that there was some major thing that got him to the home that he's at, but, um, you know, they still can sometimes have that kind of insecurity. So I like to tell them that this has nothing to do with like that you gave her away or anything. He knows that she was sick. He knows she wasn't feeling well. Um, but I think that that will put, he, he doesn't feel like he had like much grief left, but we just answered the question for him, which I feel gives him a little bit of relief. Um, was there anything in particular about his early life that you wanted to ask him? Um, no, you know, he had a sister and the two of them were found kind of wandering during the storm, supposedly. So mm-hmm. I was just curious, you know, what, what happened? I would love to connect back with his sister and, and get them in touch, but we haven't been that lucky yet. Uh, so do you know where the sister yet or you're still looking? We're still looking. We haven't oh, found her. Interesting. Interesting. Um, let me ask him about that. So I feel like there were others as well. Um, So this one, I want to say that there were four total that these people had and that he was with this one and that there were two others that went off, but not together. Um, I do feel like they're all okay. Um, the sister, he would love to reconnect with his sister. Um, 
yeah, if you know any information about her, I would love to see if I could help you try and figure that out because he would love that. Um, they were very connected, but it was early. So it was okay. Like he's not tormented, you know, that, that they had to separate or anything like that. Um, but they did stay together for quite some time, I feel like before they were found. So that's awesome. Um, anything else about her that I can answer? No. Okay. Um, let me see. I want to talk to him about the buttons and how he feels about the buttons. So this is another area where, you know, he's a dog and doesn't really understand what's going on. And he didn't realize that this is so rare that not a lot of dogs, he knows they don't all do this, obviously, but because, you know, his life is limited, he didn't know how rare this was. And so I, I explained to him, this is not something that a lot of dogs do and you're very good at it and you're very smart at it. Um, he enjoys it. He likes being able to find a way to voice his concerns and his needs and his wants and all of those things. Um, he tells me that you are very, um, what's the word here? you listen to him very well, that you are a very good communicator and that helps him to be able to use these buttons more efficiently because of the way that you train him. Like there's definitely, you're very good at this. I saw that before, but he's, <laughs> he's letting me know that too, that you make him feel comfortable. You don't pressure him. You don't make him feel like he's done anything wrong ever. Um, he, he definitely enjoys it. And when I ask him, do you think other dogs should do this? He feels that, yeah, other dogs should communicate this way as well. <laughs> you know, um, he says all of his friends should communicate this way too. It would make things easier. And the cat. <laughs> yeah, the cat, he asked me, why does the cat not use them like he does? And I don't really know how to answer that question. Like she just, I don't know. He just, she just doesn't want to, I suppose. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. And a lot of times she speaks for her. Why would she bother? <laughs> That's true. Why put the extra effort in? So I'll I'll tell them those things. So yeah, because uh, well, she doesn't need to do it herself. But yeah, cats can be more stubborn, and they're not so much into like learning the things maybe that, that we want them to learn compared to you know what he's doing. Different different kind of animal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see if he has any questions about this. Okay, he's. So he doesn't want to talk about the buttons. He wants to talk about going outside and playing outside. Um, he's just showing me outside. You said you guys are at your at the lake now. That's what yeah. He, yeah, that's what he's showing me outside on the lake. He has a question about the lake. What happened to it? Um, I think this is because <laughs> it's it's winter. What happened to it? So um, I've explained to him that water freezes and he because he's he's trying to walk on this. Yes. <laughs> Um, he almost fell onto it because he was trying to to get a better look at it and almost okay. went, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to tell him, don't just don't, because it's, it's just ice. Yeah. Um, it's but hot, yeah, it's he hot was, lava. He, he's not allowed on it. <laughs> yeah. He's just really interested as to why it does this. This is really smart too. I never even thought about that. They might be interested in this, but you know, you have a different life during the summer, you go on the boat, you do these things, and then winter comes, and you can't do those things anymore. And he wonders, well, why can't we do those things and and recognizes that the lake doesn't look the same, that something looks totally different. And so I explained to him, that's ice. And that's why you can't take the boat out right now. But it will go back to summer, and then you'll do it all over again. And then it'll be winter again. It's just a cycle. So, so he's excited to know that 
you know, he can go on the boat again. I said, probably, I don't know, a couple months, I would suppose. Yeah. A couple months I told him, but yeah, he loves, loves the boat. He's telling me all about his good times on the boat with his friends and your friends and other people. Yeah. So that's his favorite thing to do, I think. (laughs) So he's so smart. Oh, my gosh. So we only have a few minutes left and I wanted to try an experiment. And if it doesn't work while I'm talking to you, like I said, I definitely want to try it again at another time because I feel like I could intuitively tell him to go and push a button. But, you know, he's not into the buttons right now, right? He's just sitting down, hanging out. Yeah, he's over here right now. Okay. So I'm not assuming this is going to work, but I'm going to give it my best go. And like I said, if it doesn't, then I, I want to try again later. Is he responding to me at all? Like, are you <laughs> seeing his ears go up or is he just ignoring me? He just um, let out a sigh, like a huff. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to say that that surprises me. I'm not because, you know, when, when a dog is relaxing like that and they're chill, they're just like us. You really want me to get up and go and push that button. So I'm not surprised. So what I would like to do is, like I said, at another time, sometime when you have him like working on the board and that or whatever, let me know and I'll work with you because I really want to try and experiment with this. So that sounds like fun. Awesome. Joelle, it has been so wonderful having you on the show today. I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking about the buttons and and Bastion and everything. So really, thank you so much. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And one more time, just tell our listeners where they can find you. Sure. We're Bastion and Brews, B-A-S-T-I-A-N-A-N-D-B-R-E-W-S, or just look for Bastion the Talking Terrier. Awesome. Thank you so much. And as for myself, you can find me at Samantha Jones, psychic uh, I have a podcast as well with my husband that is called spiritual philosophy chatter with the Joneses. I know last week I told you guys we were doing the losing our religion episode, but unfortunately my husband and I both came down with COVID. So we did not get to do that episode last week, but we will be doing it this week. So keep an eye out for that this Sunday. And uh, until next week, everyone, thank you so much for being here. And thank you again, Joelle and Bastion. And we'll see everyone next week. Have a great week, everyone. Peace and love. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Beyond the Bridge. We hope you will join Samantha and next week's guest for more eye-opening ways to connect to the universe. Until next week, peace and love.